It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It's presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Long time ago now, retired 15 years ago, which is twice as long as I played. Wow. Anyway, I got a lot of cool media gigs, which I love, which most of the football-related ones wind down now. CBS Sports Network's been done for a while with college games. Westwood One is over now. Uh, The Eagles are, are over now, any of those duties. It's really just the podcast now. It's really just you guys. Ross Tucker Football Podcast, three days a week. Even Money Podcast, College Drafts Weekly, Andrew Brandt, Business of Sports. And this show, The Fantasy Feast, it never stops. In fact, next week, we will get into some of the lessons learned from the 2022 NFL season from a fantasy perspective. You're not going to want to miss next week's episode. We'll also kind of lay out some of the things we're going to be talking about this offseason And by we, it's mainly him. It's mainly Joe Dolan. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Joe's, have been for a long time. It's the passion. It's the information. It's the energy. It's the delivery. I, I think Joe's a star. You guys know I'm pretty good at this. Like, I was way ahead of everybody else on Greg Cosell, way ahead of everybody else on Andrew Brandt, way ahead of everybody else on Evan Silva. And now I'm way ahead of everybody else on Emory Hunt on the College Draft Podcast. Steve Fezzik, who's been phenomenal on Even Money, and Joe here on the Fantasy Feast. So when Joe is generally acknowledged, like, okay, I'll just tell you something right now, okay? I really like Matthew Berry. He's a nice guy. Joe's way better. I mean, just like the information, the delivery. I mean, he just is. But he's not on ESPN, so you people don't know about that. But you guys do because you listen or you watch the Fantasy Feast podcast. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Highly encourage you to watch the show. Follow us at Ross Tucker Pod, by the way. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to see the highlight clips of this show. Or you can be TikTok. Whatever you're on, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, Instagram. We're there. Joe is at FG underscore Dolan. And uh, Joe, we got a lot to get to today because I want to discuss what we're taking away from the guys that played in the Super Bowl moving forward and do like a little Super Bowl post-mortem because there's some interesting players to talk about here. For sure. And then we got to get into some of these coaching moves which have a big impact. And really, every week this offseason, there's going to be moves. There's going to be coaching moves. There's going to be free agency moves. There's going to be Derek Carr moves. So we need to talk about these things. And if you really want to win at fantasy football, you need to stay on top of it. And also, it's just a different way to discuss with a different person some of the things going on around the NFL. So let's start, Joe, with the Super Bowl. I guess let's. I want to start with the Chiefs, and I want to know 
I don't even know what their contract status is. I should probably pull that up. But I know Pacheco's back with the Chiefs. Sure. How high is he going to get drafted next year, Joe? Cool. Um, I think it depends on what the Chiefs do this offseason at the running back position. Um, I, I mean, I think Edwards Alaire is still under contract. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's going to get cut. Um, could get cut. Pacheco is interesting because he was obviously very effective when the Chiefs decided to run the ball, but we know the Chiefs don't really run the ball. The Chiefs don't, they're a team that will run the ball when they need to, but they really want to throw to get ahead and throw to win. And so I think a large part of what Isaiah Pacheco is going to do this season and where he's going to get drafted is what happens at wide receiver for the Chiefs. Because you know, say what you want. Obviously, Mahomes is great, but their wide receivers are not very good. Kelsey's awesome, but he's in his mid-30s now. So you've got Jarek McKinnon, who's a free agent. You've got Ronald Jones, who's a free agent. That doesn't really matter. Um, Edwards Alaire could get cut. They can move on from him. They've clearly uh, soured on him. I think Pacheco, at this point, maybe fifth, sixth round, um, and I'm just guesstimating here. I haven't hopped into any best ball drafts yet. Um depending on what they do in terms of a pass catching running back do they think pacheco can do those things but this is really an offense that i'm not sure we've seen it in its final form again the wide receivers here not very good uh maybe sky Moore can take a step forward next year valdez scantling was not great on the first year of his deal juju smith schuster he he had a one-year deal and was mediocre so i don't know if they're going to decide to bring him back, if they do, it probably won't be on a very big deal. But I think Isaiah Pacheco is somebody who they like the way he plays. They like his attitude. And on a team that is expected to score quite a few points each and every year, I think there's a lot of fantasy utility there for him. You know, something's going on, Joe. And we need to talk about this. When you're in a world where the Chiefs clearly liked and rightfully so Pacheco and McKinnon over Melvin Gordon on the practice squad Mm -hmm. over Ronald Jones who I guess was on the roster and over Clyde Edwards Hilaire that says a lot about a lot Joe from a fantasy perspective and from like drafting these guys or paying these guys I mean McKinnon and Pacheco are making peanuts compared to what Gordon's made in his career. Ronald Jones, second round pick. Edwards Elaire, first round pick. It's not a good look for the, the running back union, so to speak. Yeah, it's, and that's unfortunate. But um, And teams can and will find guys at the end of the draft at the running back position, undrafted guys, absolutely. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon was somebody who's bounced around the league but has some has some talent. But I also do want to throw this out there, Ross. Okay, let's look at the top six scores at the running back position this year. Number one was Austin Eckler. Okay, we know he was undrafted. Number two was Christian McCaffrey, first-round pick. Number three was Josh Jacobs, first-round pick. Number four was Derrick Henry, second-round pick. Number five was Saquon Barkley, first-round pick. Number six was Nick Chubb, second-round pick. So, in general, now, that, that that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you should be drafting running backs in the first round. That's not what that means. But in general, high draft capital can and will translate to fantasy success 
at the running back position because those guys generally have big-time opportunity, big-time. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, to me, is an outlier in that he was a first-round pick who never even established himself beyond maybe a couple of good games as being anything more than average, and I'm being gentle there. Now, let's keep going down the board. Remember when they said he was a better Brian Westbrook? Yeah, that didn't work out that way. Uh, Just just not fast enough. Um, Now, uh, Aaron Jones was a fifth-round pick. He was seventh. Ramondre Stevenson, a fourth-round pick. He was eighth. Tony Pollard was a fourth-round pick. He was ninth. But then you have Dalvin Cook, second-round pick. He was 10th in scoring. Joe Mixon was 11th, second-round pick. Jamal Williams uh, was, I believe, a fourth-round pick. He was 12th. But then you get to Leonard Fournette, first-round pick at 12, uh, at 13 overall in scoring. Najee Harris, first-round pick, 14th overall in scoring. Miles Sanders, fi- uh, second-round pick, 14th overall, uh, 15th overall in scoring. Alvin Kamara, third-round pick, 16th overall. Travis Etienne, first-round pick, 17th overall. Kenneth Walker, uh, second-round pick, 18th overall. So an overwhelming majority of the top 20 scores at the running back position this year were first or second round picks, even some third round picks. So uh, again, that's not to say that, oh, you should be drafting guys in these rounds or, you know, that running backs do matter or whatnot, but it does go to show you that draft capital at the running back position. And I'm talking, I'm talking actual draft capital, not fantasy draft capital. It does matter in projecting these guys. There are going to be some busts. There's two of them on the chiefs. Okay. Um, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Ronald Jones were first and second round picks who never really did much of anything in the NFL. Melvin Gordon was on their practice squad. He was a first round pick, but obviously had some really good years in the league. Um, but it, I think it's going to be important to note that in this offseason, when we've got a Bijan Robinson, we've got a Jameer Gibbs, we've got a Tajay Spears, guys who might go in the first two days of the NFL draft at running back, that that draft capital does matter. Uh, it might not matter as a rookie, but it does matter in projecting these guys forward. It's not a hundred percent success rate, but it will matter for fantasy. Okay, I guess we don't. It probably depends on where he lands. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on McKinnon next year from a fantasy perspective? It, it does depend on where he lands, and you know, I wouldn't be su- surprised if the Chiefs decide. Let's bring him back on a one-year deal. We like the way he works with Pacheco. Um, he was great at the end of the year and then obviously seeded to Pacheco uh, in the second half. But it, it, it's entirely landing spot dependent. He's somebody who's on the wrong side of 30. If he moves on, probably not going to have a whole lot of interest in him. I'll tell you that. Some of the uh, – <clears throat> I mean, Kelsey's Kelsey and Mahomes is Mahomes. I don't know. What needs to be said? I mean, Kelsey will still be tight end one next year in drafts and still be drafted as high as ever? Yeah, I mean, there's you get to the point with Kelsey where it's so obvious that he's tight end one, but then you wonder, oh, God, he's going to be 34. When's he going to fall off? And then he falls down draft boards. And then I wouldn't be shocked to see him slip into the second round again. But, I mean, this is a guy who outscored the number two tight end by over 100 points. I mean that that's ridiculous. That a hundred points, man. A good tight end for fantasy puts up a hundred points in eight games. Travis Kelsey outscored the number two tight end in fantasy by like eight games worth of production. That is insane. So I would expect he's. I mean, I don't. He's not falling out of the second round. People might convince themselves that he's not a first round pick because of his age. 
I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do with the wide receiver position. They do need wide receivers. Um, but ultimately, Travis Kelsey's is as good as ever. And until there's drop-off, I feel uncomfortable projecting that there will be. I agree. I mean, there wasn't any in the Super Bowl. Next season's only six months away. Um, let's get to their receivers. If, if you had to kind of rank them, and I guess it depends a little bit on where they end up, Joe. Um, but are there guys you're higher on or lower on than others when I throw out to you Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Watson, Valdez Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. Is there a guy that intrigues you for next year yes. that you think might be undervalued? Is it Tony? Is it maybe, hey, if they let Valdez Scantling or Juju go, maybe Sky Moore has a big second year. So let's 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 start um with Kansas City because Juju Smith Schuster, Justin Watson, and Scott and um Miko Hardman are all free agents. So that's obviously going to dictate what the Kansas City Chiefs do. Um, Valdez Scantling, they can cut and save seven million dollars against the cap. I don't know if they're going to do that, but they could. Um, I think the fantasy community is going to gravitate now, barring what Kansas City does this offseason, they can make a trade. The free agent class of wide receiver is abominable, it's really bad. Um, Kansas City could make a trade. Um, go get somebody that could use a first round pick on a receiver. Um, but I think the fantasy community in general is going to gravitate to, to Kadarius Tony. Can make some electric plays after the catch, wasn't fully integrated into the offense. Um, and I think that's where the fantasy community is going to gravitate this offseason. And I see a lot of potential in that. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sky Moore makes a second year leap. I know he was overhyped this past offseason. It's a tough offense to learn. But Sky Moore, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little bit underrated, depending on what the Chiefs do at wide receiver. I don't think they'll bring back Hardman. Um, they could probably bring back Watson on a cheap deal. I don't think Juju's going to have much of a market, so they could they could bring him back on a cheap deal. But I think the fantasy community, and rightfully so, is going to gravitate to Kadarius Tony this offseason and then a little bit of Sky Moore. I mean – coincidentally ironically whatever word you want to use i think sky Moore might be drafted in a similar spot next year that he was this year ninth tenth round this year because people are scared to draft him last year because people were excited to draft him yeah i mean they drafted him high for a reason Mm -hmm. you know and their draft was pretty awesome so um i'll be curious to see what he's able to get done uh next year very curious i'm never curious joe about what kind of beer to have when I'm at like a minor league hockey game or minor league baseball or just with my buddies or playing beer pong. It's Labatt Blue Lights. Drink Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Together, we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's move to the Eagles, Joe. 
And uh, I guess my first Eagles-related question, Jalen Hurts played awesome he was, in the he Super Bowl. He was the best Bowl. player on the field. I mean, what? how high is too high? To draft Jalen Hurts next year. Well, let's see. Let's see what the offseason looks like for the Eagles. But we know AJ Brown's going to be back. We know Devontae Smith's going to be back, and we know Dallas Goddard's going to be back. Okay, so that is a huge, huge boon. The offensive line. Um, Isaac Sayamalo is a free agent. Um, obviously, he had the be- the big mistake, but the Eagles always replenish up there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Howie Roseman spend multiple draft picks, go sign maybe somebody for depth there. Um, and we don't know what Jason Kelsey's going to do. You have any? Do you have any insight on what Jason Kelsey's going to do, Ross? Funny you should ask, Joe. I actually talked to his father, Ed Kelsey, today for the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. That was the guest, and he said he doesn't know. And he said Jason's wife, Kylie, won't know until Jason's at a podium saying he's not going to play football anymore. Uh, it sounded hearing him talk at the Super Bowl like a guy that wasn't looking to retire. Mm-hmm. But we know he's thought about the last couple of years. I think any day now, he's going to have daughter number three born. And so I think it will probably be some time for him to really think about it. Ironically, I think if they had won the Super Bowl, I think it would have been a lot more likely that he would say, I'm good. Yeah. You know, one, two, made a bunch of money. Losing, I wonder if that compels him to try to come back and make another run at it. I don't know. Yeah, and you look at the roster, like I said, they're, they're obviously – every team has guys who you're who are going to move on from a team after. It, it's natural. But the offense is still loaded up, Kelsey or no Kelsey. Um, they, um, From what I understand, they really like Cam Jurgens, the center they took last year. Um, but the offense is really loaded up and you're coming off a game in which your young quarterback who's going to command a contract extension, but we'll mm-hmm. see what Howie Roseman does. He's a wizard with that stuff. Jalen Hurts was the best player on that field. He made a horrible mistake. Jalen Hurts would be the first to admit that. But then immediately right after that, took him down the field for a touchdown. Jalen Hurts was the best player in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think if you're looking at that from a Kelsey perspective, you've got to be really encouraged about that. Um, Hurts stepping up in the biggest game of his life and really making a horrible mistake but completely bouncing back from that, I think that shows a lot to the veterans in that room. But you again, you know Hurts' weaponry, which was elite this year, two top 10 wide receivers, a top five tight end from a fantasy perspective, a top 15 running back from a fantasy perspective, who's a free agent, by the way. Um, I, I think you look at the Eagles and say, for fantasy purposes, this team's going to be loaded again next year. For NFL purposes, it's a team that's going to be loaded again next year. So um, very interested to see what they do this offseason. And the cool thing for the Eagles is wide receiver, a position that has been a bugaboo for them for two decades, aside from a year here and there, is solved. Now, they could they could use a number three receiver. I think Eagle fans are going to be clamoring for that after the Quez Watkins drop, but Really, in a market where the, the, the wide receiver market's not very good, finding a third wide receiver, it's a lot better than some teams have to do. So I, I think people are going to be very excited for the Eagles. And I think Jalen Hurts, by the time drafts are over, I mean, I don't think he's best ball drafts. I don't think he's making it out of the third round. He might get drafted in the first round, uh, uh, in the second round. I wouldn't be shocked if Jalen Hurts 
is the first quarterback off the board in many drafts this offseason. Um, he'll be right there with Mahomes, and he'll be right there with Josh Allen uh, in terms of in terms of draft. And I think then there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off to Joe Burrow um, and Justin Herbert and the like there, Lamar Jackson. Uh, but Jalen Hurts has established himself not just as, as an elite runner at the position, but, but an incredibly improved passer. I mean, this is more of a conversation, Ross, about the Eagle defense that or lack thereof in the Super Bowl. But Jalen Hurts had to make many more difficult throws than Patrick Mahomes did in that game. And he made them. Totally agree. Um, you know, it depends on what they do in free agency. But I kind of feel like, and the draft, I kind of feel like they'll let Miles Sanders go. I do too. Unless they would get him back on a really team-friendly deal. And unless they draft a running back in the first few rounds, Joe, I think I'll probably be taking Kenny Gainwell higher than a lot of other people in next year's fantasy draft. So I was in on Gainwell this year, and while acknowledging that was not a great call from a fantasy perspective, I think you saw at the end of the year why I was in on him. Catching passes, and the thing about Gainwell that really surprised me over the last month of the season into the playoffs, toughness. Man, he was physical. Now, now he's not big, so he's not going to run people over, but he would fight for an extra yard or two. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to feel really comfortable going into 2023 with Kenny Gainwell as somebody who they can assign 10 to 12 touches per game to. Now, I know there's been people mocking B. John Robinson to the Philadelphia Eagles. I will jump out my window. Second, uh, It's second story, Ross, so depending on how Atlanta could hurt really bad, if they if the Eagles draft Bijan Robinson at tenth overall, I've seen mock drafts doing that. I cannot in my I cannot in my wildest dream they won't do that. See how Roseman spending the tenth overall draft pick on a running back. Yeah, I, no chance. Um, I think that's draft a waste a, of a mock. Yeah, I think the Eagles will draft a defensive lineman there, maybe trade down a couple of spots um, to recoup some mid round value. But there are again, I said Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Ty J Spears like uh, there are some good running backs here who the Eagles can draft on on day two or day three of the NFL draft who they could they could um, use to compliment Kenny Gainwell and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen if Miles Sanders is getting like a three four year deal it will not be from the Eagles in my mind I agree um, anything else that needs to be said from an Eagles standpoint I mean the receivers are kind of who they are we know Goddard is who it is I mean anything else need to be said not really. Um, I, I think that's where we transitioned into the loss of both of their coordinators. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, we don't know who they're hiring. so it's I, hard I think know. I know who their offensive coordinator is going to be. Well, go for it. Brian Johnson, their, their quarterback's coach, I'm pretty sure is going to be the offensive coordinator. He's known Jalen Hurts since he was an infant because he played for Hurts' Hertz's, uh, dad, Avarian. Um, and... He's a rising star, got a lot of quarterback, uh, got a lot of offensive coordinator interest around the league. But I think there was deep down, he understood that Shane Steichen was probably going to get a job elsewhere. And he, I think he's going to stick with Philadelphia and be their offensive coordinator. So there's going to be some continuity there with a coach Jalen Hurts knows. In my opinion, I don't know if you know anything about Brian Johnson, Ross. Um, in my opinion, that's good news for Jalen Hurts. A little bit of continuity there with the promotion of of somebody he's known for a long time, quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson, who it looks like is going to be their offensive coordinator. Um, I would agree. And I do think that continuity is good 
And that, that'll end up, you know, look, I mean, you don't really know how a guy's going to be calling the plays till he's calling the plays. Right. Um, but I'll be curious to see how that unfolds. What do you think? Who benefits in Indy from this, Joe? Well, Shane Steichen said something really interesting. Um, and I know the philosophy in Indianapolis the last few years has been run the damn ball. Look, they have Jonathan Taylor. That's a valid strategy. But Shane Steichen said at his introductory press conference, you know, it's, it, it was kind of refreshing because every coach, especially defensive court, oh, we're going to be aggressive and we're going to be physical and we're going to run the ball and we're going to jam it down your throat. Shane Steichen said, we are going to throw to score and run to win. And that's hard for me to get a handle on until I know who the Indianapolis Colts' quarterback is going to be. But you know damn well the Colts are going to be very aggressive with that fourth pick. You do not have a long way to go to get to number one. You don't. Now, maybe the Texans decide we have to block the Colts from taking our guy, so we're going to trade to number one, and then the Colts are going to trade to number two. But you would have to think, One of these quarterbacks, and I think the consensus top two are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, but there might be a team that likes Will Levis or Anthony Richardson uh, a little better. The Colts are going to get one of these guys. I think Jim Irsay is sick of of, uh, diving into the veteran quarterback market. There is no way the Indianapolis Colts could sell Derek Carr on their uh, their fans. Even if Derek Carr would be an improvement over Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, there's no way they can sell another over-30 quarterback on their fan base. I think Jim Irsay understands that finally, and I think they're going to be aggressive to go get a rookie quarterback. And if the team wants to throw – look, the top two quarterbacks consensus, Stroud and Young, whichever order you have them, these guys are passers. And so in my mind – Without studying deep, those are two guys who I think Shane Steichen will be drawn to because he made it very clear in his opening press conference with the Indianapolis Colts that he wants to throw the football. That's what he wants to be the foundation of this team, and that'll open things up for Jonathan Taylor. I think that's good news for Jonathan Taylor. I really do. I I would rather my guy get 260 carries at 4.8 yards a pop than 330 carries at 4.2 yards a pop. I would rather that because it's more efficient. keeps them a little bit healthier I just think that's the right way to go and these top two quarterbacks Young and Stroud these are both guys where passing is their strong suit I understand that that sounds dumb for a quarterback but if you look at somebody like Levis or somebody like Richardson where the tools are really the strong suit oh they can move around you know they got the big arm but the other two guys Young and Stroud these guys are the more refined passers and I think those are going to be the guys that Shane Steichen is drawn to um is there much to say about Arizona? I mean, we, we know Gannon's there, but we don't yeah. know who the offensive coaches are yet. So that's well, kind of a waste for fantasy, right? After watching that game on Sunday, I think Jonathan Gannon's first order of business would be uh, investigating the grounds crew in Arizona. I mean, his pass rush couldn't get home at all, and maybe that's on Jonathan Gannon. But it, it's hard for me from a fantasy perspective to say what's a what's a defensive-minded coach. Um, Eagles fans I know are not ha- – are, are not, exactly upset that Jonathan Gannon's gone but I don't know Jonathan Gannon but it seems like he has an incredible reputation around the league as a leader of men and I think that's what you know like these uh, I think any head coach has to be a good leader of men but especially these guys that come from a defensive background you've got to be somebody who can motivate your boys um, get them playing be that CEO type for 
to borrow a cliche. And and I think there was a there was an understanding around the league that Jonathan Gannon was somebody who was very, very, very strongly regarded in that area. Last one, Joe, is just um, Todd Munkin is the new Ravens offensive coordinator. That's enough. Although there are some rumblings out there that the Ravens could potentially trade Lamar Jackson. Just your thoughts, uh, assuming Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore with Todd Munkin. Yeah, I like Todd Munkin. Uh, this is somebody who, with Jameis Winston, uh, in uh, in Tampa Bay from in 2017 and 2018 had top 10 offenses in terms of total yards. Now, of course, you've got Mike Evans. It's not like they didn't have talent, but this guy is an aggressive play caller. I think it's going to be a much-needed change for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, They need to get wide receivers, and I think Todd Munkin is going to be somebody who is going to insist they do that. But this is a guy who's won back-to-back national championships at Georgia. He had two consecutive top 10 offenses in Tampa Bay before going to Georgia. This is somebody who has a really good track record as a play caller and as an offensive designer if i were a baltimore ravens fan i'd be really excited about this hire uh, regardless of what happens with lamar jackson check this guy out on social media like i do at fg underscore dolan please i'm at ross tucker nfl you can also always check us out at ross tucker pod or youtube.com slash ross tucker NFL next week it'll be lessons learned from the season and we will also lay out exactly what our offseason schedule will look like a little bit for you guys we go nowhere because fantasy football and the NFL in general are year round I'm stuffed we're done thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast even money business of sports and the college draft all available at Apple podcasts rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.